Hey, what's going on? And welcome to another edition of the GCSAA podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hollister. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Association's Golf Course Management Magazine. And we're glad you're with us, whether you are a returning podcast listener or a first-timer. We're super excited to have you here. Um, This is an abbreviated sort of a holiday edition, I guess, of the podcast. One segment today, but it's something I think you're going to enjoy. And uh, that's uh, my conversation with Howard Richmond. Howard is the associate editor of GCM, and he and I kind of go in-depth into the year that was 2018 in golf course management. We talk a little bit about uh, some of the uh, big storylines from the year, the people, places, and things that caught our interest. We dive a little bit into uh, uh, major championship golf, um, uh, both big stories that uh, that he and I followed uh, through the year, the uh, U.S. Open at Shinnecock and the PGA Championship uh, at Bell Reef. So we talk about those. We talk about some um, folks that we uh, are going to remember from this year. And then we also take a brief look ahead what we think is going to happen in 2019. So it's a good conversation. I hope you enjoy it. And um, uh, so thank you for for tuning in for that. Uh, This month's podcast is being presented by the GCSA 2017, excuse me, 2018 Compensation and Benefits Report. Uh, Emails just went out here in the last few weeks. And so we are soliciting your input to, uh, to give us information on the 2018 Compensation and Benefits Report. You can get a lot more information on that by going to gcsaa.org slash compensation slash report. Again, to take that survey, you will need to reference the email uh, that was sent out here a couple of weeks ago. But we'll hope, we hope that you will take the time to do that, to sign up and uh, give us your feedback on that very important survey. Once again, the GCSAA 2018 Compensation and Benefits report. It is open right now, so please uh, take part if you received that email. So uh, now we are going to head right into it. It's my conversation with Howard Richmond, a year in review 2018. I hope you enjoy it. Well, welcome back. And as we record this podcast, it is uh, late, <laughs> kind of late December. We're on the cusp of, uh, of the Christmas break. And like any good communication vehicle at the end of the year, um, here on the GCSA podcast, we're going to do a little year in review. And I'm uh, excited to have a co-worker, colleague from GCM uh, joining me today, Mr. Howard Richmond. Uh, Howard has uh, been with GCSA and the magazine since March of 2011. Our known each other prior to that, thanks to our uh, Super exciting days as sports writers in various uh, uh, newspapers. But uh, Howard, uh, uh, like myself, has an opportunity to kind of travel, does a lot of our uh, uh, feature writing with GCM in addition to producing some regular sections that you see in the magazine uh, every month. But I wanted to bring Howard on board and have a little conversation about kind of what took place in the world of golf course management in 2018. And Howard, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Scott. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, you're... uh, your inaugural voyage. I imagine they'll, uh, as this thing continues on, you'll be on more and more. But, uh, um, you know, both of us get an opportunity, and, and I do I call it an opportunity because it's something that I, I personally enjoy doing. It's a fun part of my job is being able to get out and about 
uh, interact with our members, get to attend some pretty uh, pretty special events. And I, and I know that in, in your job, uh, you do a lot of the same things, whether that's uh, uh, just representing the magazine or perhaps working on a, a story. As I said, you uh, have have developed into uh, one of our into basically our lead st- staff writer, award winning staff writer. Thanks to the folks at Toka and various other organizations. But uh, just as you look back at 2018, I'm going to start really big picture, and then we'll kind of dive into some uh, specific topics uh, here. But if you look as you look back from from the what you've uh, done this past year, what are the things you're going to remember uh, about 2018 in this in our, in our business? Well, it was really interesting year, especially for the majors. That I got to see what happened at the U.S. Open with Shinnecock Hills and John Jennings, CGCS, a great job he did there under some tough conditions that uh, kind of were a little tricky for everybody to deal with, and they got through that okay. And you know, a few months later, when we go to the PGA Championship, I went there and did the preview story on Carlos Araya, another one of our certified superintendents who was overcoming some personal issues of his own to really come through and and you know, just a great venue. And then the course looked fantastic. And you know, these guys are true professionals. They did what they had to do and, and they came through. Yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll talk more about about both of those events and, and sort of the the broader scope of the uh, discussions that always that always come up around majors and uh, um, uh, both John and and Carlos are great superintendents really uh, uh, handled themselves with class and professionalism uh, throughout those events and at the end of the day I, I think had had successful events that people remember for the uh, for the golf that was played um, the same champion right Brooks Kepka. Uh, that's right. Winning, winning, winning both events. I'm certain that he will have fond memories of those of those two venues. But we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, From my perspective, I, I've got some some. Uh, I'll, I'll remember 2018 for getting to uh, to attend a few uh, new events, at least for me, or events I hadn't attended in a, in a while. I spent a few days with the Players' Championship um, uh, earlier in the year. Uh, we'll be making a return appearance there this year as that event moves to March. Um, uh, so a lot of changes uh, for Jeff Plotz and, and his crew down there. Enjoyed that t- opportunity. Got an opportunity to go to the Tour Championship uh, at the end of the year with, with Ralph Keppel, Charles Aubrey, uh, their whole crew. So got a uh, got an opportunity to kind of see how some other really significant events in our industry uh, are managed from a from a superintendent perspective, from a golf course management perspective. So I remember that. I also want to talk here a little bit. I, I had the opportunity to travel to Alaska and get a little insight into uh, golf course management in Alaska, and that made me more of a, a personal uh, a personal memory of 2018 than something that, that a lot of our listeners will, will remember. But uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. So, And there's uh, one other thing, Scott, I want to mention. Yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, going to see Larry and Renee Powell for the old Tom Morris Award story. That was probably my most memorable trip in time that I spent this year. And I'd heard so much about the family and what they'd done there and their father building that golf course. And it's kind of really a little out of the way place. And, and it, but it's the magnitude of it is just, you know, it's become worldwide what they did there, what they've created there. So just seeing what, what they have there and kind of took me back to a time when I was younger. You know, I kind of felt um, back in the 1970s a little by seeing some of the stuff there and just kind of felt, kind of felt like just real homey, neat place. And, you know, the things they've done and the lives they've touched and, and the barriers that they broke to 
accomplished what they have and they're still doing that uh, that'll always leave a mark on me yeah that, uh, Larry a great guy was on the podcast here uh, last month I believe or two months ago uh, had a great conversation with him and I know that we're both looking forward to catching up with uh, with Renee and Larry and the and the, any of the other family members who are able to make it to San Diego uh, for the golf industry show where they will officially receive their uh, old Tom Morris uh, award honor but um Let's break it down this way, uh, Howard. As we kind of look back on on 2018, I'm gonna throw you a little bit of curveball because I changed up our uh, my show notes. But same topics. I wanted to let's talk first about some of the people that made impacts on us um, this year. Um, and, and let's start off. There's a couple that I that I, I I'll mention. Um, uh, folks, uh, really legends in the industry who passed away uh, in 2018. The first of those is uh, Cliff Wagner, who uh, who died in May. Uh, Ninety three years old. He was the GCSA president uh, in 1973, really played a key role in kind of getting a GCSAA set up here in Lawrence, Kansas, the building that we're, we're sitting in today. Um, and I know had a long career at a, a Del Rio Country Club in Modesto, California, over 30 years there. And I know that not this year, but a few years back, Howard, you had the opportunity to actually go to Del Rio and um, and get a chance to see Cliff and, and, a, and an event that the chapter out there put, puts on. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about that, a little bit about your impressions of, uh, of Cliff Wagner. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, to see a legend in person, I think it was for his 90th birthday, I believe. And I that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he's still, he was still pretty spry at that that point and the things I learned about him such as him and his wife they I think they drove to like 50 of the shows I mean think yeah. about that I mean that's uh, <laughs> they put a little a little bit of mileage there yeah and, that's right yeah just a real real interesting situation they had out there and, and you could just see the love for him because they had so many people they had a little golf tournament you know Rafael Baraja was there with us and uh, got to got to play with him and but just to see what Cliff has meant to so many people not just in California people who come from all over really to be there for that event which said a lot about him and the the guy he really was the founder of the certification program he really got the ball rolling here and you know just about the time he was a president in 73 which is what 45 years ago he just started that certification program a couple years earlier so I mean just in in that fact with certification what he has done and cemented his legacy is, is a you know a grade in our organization. Oh yeah, I mean between the certification, between our our location here in Lawrence, um, th- those are two obviously two key th- uh, aspects of what GCSA does for its, its members. Especially the certification number one, but we've obviously uh, the association has become um, kind of connected to this community here in Kansas. It's not what I you know people think of probably. A, as the most golf centric location in the world, but but it's sort of become that way because GCSA is here, and, and we've got a, you know, we, a lot to thank Cliff for in, in really in making that happen there in 1974. So uh, Cliff Wagner, a, a great man, be remembered uh, by many of us here in the industry. Passed away in May at the age of 93. The the other one I wanted to to mention, and I uh, despite my gosh 20 plus almost. 21 years here in the industry, didn't have a lot of interactions with this with this gentleman, but knew him, but knew of him uh, very much so, and I'm sure you're the same way. And that's James Beard, PhD. Um, he passed away uh, also in May at the age of 82. Um, really referred to by by many respected folks as the godfather of turfgrass science. He's had long uh, tenures on the faculty at Michigan State and uh, uh, Texas A&M, and um, 
even when you didn't know Dr. Beard personally or well, uh, you didn't spend any time in this industry not knowing about the kind of things uh, that he had accomplished and the influences that he had had on, on superintendents all over the country. Yeah, definitely. In my seven years here, I've heard his name sprinkled throughout the whole time that I've been here. And just a few weeks ago, I was at the Kansas Turfgrass Association Conference over in Topeka, Kansas, and they, his name came up, Jack Fry, PhD, who's, you know, uh, a big-timer at uh, K-State. That's he, right. He, <laughs> he even brought up Dr. Beard and how influential and important that the man was and, and still is just on um, things he, he wrote and, and the trends he helped set. I mean, the guy's an icon. You know, we talk about legends and icons. He's right there, too. Yeah, and he uh, donated a, a huge collection of his works from individual notes and letters that he had done to uh, to articles he had uh, submitted for publication uh, to the uh, Turfgrass Information File at Michigan State. So there is a James Beard uh, collection there. But uh, but another real uh, uh, stalwart of the industry who uh, who we lost in 2018 would we'll definitely remember uh, Cliff Wagner and Dr. James Beard um, as as this as we move forward in, uh, into the future of our profession. But a couple other uh, folks that I want to mention, and we'll kind of go a little bit all over the board here. Uh, number one. Well, just from my perspective, I, th- I think another uh, a name that folks will associate with 2018 is, is Bob Rehnquist, and a former GCSA president, uh, certified golf course superintendent, long, long career, uh, both in Florida, in Oklahoma, at Southern Hills, and he's now uh, holding, up a, holding up a spot here in the GCSA headquarters in an office upstairs as the chief operating officer. He uh, uh, took that position, uh, started at the end of May, and uh, I, I know I just, from my perspective, a staff member. Uh, it's been great to have have Bob here. I had the pleasure of working with Bob a lot um, during his term on the, on the board of directors. And um, you've obviously gotten to know Bob as as your time uh, here has uh, continued as well. Yeah, I think he became the president when I first started here in 2011. So obviously I heard of him then and got to know a little bit about him, but really haven't gotten to know him a lot until he came here. And I, you know, I think of Bob, I just think of somebody who's calm, steady, friendly, uh, doesn't get rattled at all. And he comes by and, and sees us pretty much every day and says, how are you doing? I mean, that's just, that's Bob in a nutshell. So uh, great, great addition to, yeah. to our association. Yeah, I, I think superintendents uh, who have either worked with Bob uh, on various projects, who who started their careers under him at his various stops uh, in the industry would would agree with that. He's been a great addition here. He's had to get used to the uh, the Kansas winters uh, instead of versus uh, what takes place in uh, Boca Raton, uh, where he spent a lot of years. But uh, um, anyway, great addition. Uh, really a newsmaker from this last year, and Bob Rehnquist uh, taking over as COO here at GCSA. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about. Um, uh, John Jennings, Carlos Araya, which you mentioned earlier. Um, I, I think one of the defining things that folks are going to remember um, about this year in golf course management uh, are going to be those two majors. And that's probably the case with any year. Um, it's sort of the nature of the beast. But uh, this year, there were there were uh, particular spotlights put on um, conditioning, um, on uh, tournament setup, and things of that nature. Uh, you wrote the preview story on the crew at Shinnecock and John Jennings. You were actually there uh, the week of the tournament. Um, 
on Saturday of the event, there were some uh, greens that um, speeds picked up to the point um, that it was it was a difficult a difficult uh, situation for the players in the afternoon. The USGA um, admitted as much as the as uh, the time went on. Um, uh, I guess just from your perspective, have, having been on site uh, at the event, as all of that was playing out, what what's what did, what sort of uh, what sense did you get from John and, and the crew there? How did they react? Um, what were they uh, what were they going through behind the scenes uh, during the week of the event? I think John and his whole crew and volunteers were pretty much just like him. He's unflappable, solid. That's just John. I mean, nothing really gets to him, and he was just doing what he was supposed to do. He set up the course uh, per what USGA and the green section and, and and those people wanted, and he was just getting things done. And unfortunately, he had that really windy day. I don't think anybody expected it to be like that. And I, if I remember, I think it's the same day with, with Phil Mickelson and his situation. So That's both right. things were kind of colliding at once. As I, I can still see Phil as he's been chasing that U.S. Open title, <laughs> that he's chasing his ball on uh, what was it on thirteen yeah. and running that down. So we had a couple of storylines there, but you know the one storyline with John is. Just get it done. I mean, that's just how he is. And I never saw him flinch. I never saw him get upset. And I think everybody who was working under him pretty much was in the same mode. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, um, I think that was the message that John, when, when he did talk about the week, that's, that's the message that he shared is that that's what he and his crew were focused on. Let's just do our jobs. Let's, let's not get caught up in the conversation. And a very, very similarly in St. Louis at Bell Reef for the PGA Championship in August, um, there were early in the week, um, it was a different agronomic type of a situation, a different setup situation, but there, um, uh, an unbelievably difficult run up to the to the PGA for Carlos and, and his team there. Um, some crazy wet weather followed by some crazy dry weather followed by extreme heat, and it was just a very it was a it was a tough recipe to deal with as you're preparing a golf course for a major championship. And there were some spots on the edges of some of the greens there where they. Um, they had lost a little turf. They did their much. They were really out of play. Um, I, I walked on many of the greens during the week of the tournament, looking specifically at where these areas were. They were out of play. Um, but there were some reports in the media that came out early in the week about that. And, and one of my memories of the year is, is um, uh, as those reports came out and as social media sort of lit up in golf, among other superintendents, asking, you know, you know what's going on? Why are they? Why are they being so hard on Carlos and his crew? Um, I approached him on, on behalf of the association, and I, I wrote about this in, in a column that appeared in GCM. Um, just said, "Hey, do you are, are you looking for an official response from uh, from GCSAA from the association in support?" And much like John. Carlos had that exact same attitude. His entire management uh, team and the maintenance department was in the room at the time. All of his assistants, uh, his equipment manager, uh, everyone was there. And he said, he he just flat out said, no, there's no response needed because we're not going to talk about this. We're happy with where things are at. Uh, The PGA is happy with where things are at. And he turned to his crew, I remember this, and he said, Guys, I told you that there were could, there were going to be situations like this during the week, and I told you how we were going to respond. And so he really stayed consistent with his message with those folks, which really struck me. And and 
I think as we wrap up this part of the conversation, I think the one thing I, I'd like to talk about and maybe it's leave behind is is getting that message from the folks that are on the ground doing the work to the people who are talking about these issues on social media. Um, and, and just let people know that, you know, the superintendents and their teams on the ground are 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 the ones dealing with this. There's there's just a lot there's always a lot of social media pushback as why why isn't anyone doing anything about this situation? And, and I just you know I think you can comment on this as well. But I want people to understand that yet things are are taking place. We are in touch with the superintendents going through these situations, and almost to almost unanimously, these gentlemen are telling us what they're telling their teams. There's no need for us to respond. We're going to stick to the work. We're going to stick to the plan, and we're going to get it done. And I think this year is, is despite those those situations, two great examples of superintendents and maintenance teams doing exactly that. Oh, I totally agree. And, and usually it seems like the USGA event, the U.S. Open, has been more under the spotlight for conditions under the last several years. But think about Carlos this year. It was the last PGA that was going to be in August. It was the 100th PGA Championship. And here's a guy who was in Florida most of his life. Now he's in the heart and heat of the Midwest. That's right. And I'll tell you, I was so impressed with the way that course looked, uh, especially on the weekend. I mean, fantastic. I mean, for them to get through that. Plus, he had the burden of, you know, he lost his son a few years earlier who was going to be by his side as a 21-year-old working on his crew. So, you know, this was a difficult one for him, but he got through it in a huge way, I think. Yeah, both. I mean, both ultimately big, big success stories. I think for the superintendents and their teams, there they have a ton uh, to be proud of, and I think a lot of lessons for for the industry uh, as a whole, as in terms of when these situations uh, occur, kind of how to approach them. They both set great examples, and I think uh, I think that should be kind of the the takeaway from 2018 from those those two big events. So. Um, We'll wrap up with our people conversation here, and then we'll take about five minutes and just kind of talk about a handful of other things. Is there any one person or, or thing that you might remember from uh, uh, from from 2018, or just it doesn't have to be a newsmaker, just anything that that you're, you'll you'll remember uh, uh, from this year and in your interactions? Well, how long time do we have here? I've got a, I've got a whole list of them here. I mean, it's just when you learn more about our superintendents, assistants, and others that I got to write about this year. I mean, you know, it starts with Scott. Don- Dodson and Brian Kahn up in the New York and Connecticut areas, in which Scott needed a kidney, and, and Brian was there for him. Uh, and you yeah, know, that what, was a great story. <laughs> I mean, how's that? I mean, they knew each other; they didn't know each other real well, but I mean, that just says a lot about the fraternity and, and everything of, of superintendents, the men and women that, that are part of this organization, what they will do for each other. They'll do anything for each other. I, that was just kind of a constant throughout all the stories. And, you know, another story that really kind of touched me was uh, Whitney Schustrom. She started her own business, AgPro Technology, up in the Northwest. Here's a U.S. Army um, veteran who, you know, served in the Middle East and Asia, and she's trying to get her own business going. And, you know, kudos to her. I mean, she's, uh, I mean, what she's been through, I mean, I, I would think she's probably going to be pretty successful at this. Yeah, and, that's you know, right. There's other things, you know, Rich Gagnon, the superintendent of Massachusetts, uh, he also shoots for Getty Images. He's had pictures published in Sports Illustrated, you know, things like that. I mean, the versatility and the things that people do in our association that uh, they're all to be proud of. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would, um, I, I think when I think of the people, um, I, I'm going to go back to, I, I mentioned this earlier, the opportunity that I had to travel to Alaska uh, the first week of September. Uh, David Phipps, our field staff representative uh, for GCSA in the Pacific Northwest, every uh, two years, uh, he goes up to Alaska and puts on an educational conference, uh, kind of a, a day-long event, brings in uh, brings in turfgrass researchers from the area, um, because there's no official chapter in in Alaska, and there are 18 uh, golf courses in in the state, and each of those, uh, to some extent or the other, has a has a superintendent and assistant. Uh, the structures uh, vary, but um, when when David was putting together this uh, this trip uh, or this conference, he reached out to me and asked if I'd be willing to uh, come up and do one of the presentations and do that on social media. We were trying to come up with a way to kind of show these guys there are other ways to connect than just face-to-face meetings and that, uh, really uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook, those, those venues, Instagram, uh, have become ways for people to connect. And it was, uh, we thought a great would be great practical tool for them to use in Alaska. So again, I, and I might, I'm, am I going to turn down a trip to Alaska? No. Uh, so I uh, um, took him up on that, went up there, and I was so impressed. The, the, you think about challenges that, we, that everyone, turfgrass managers face in different parts of the country, and everyone's got crosses to bear. But, boy, up there, short season, um, crazy cold to wet to windy to everything. And they're just, uh, there were some awesome guys up there. Amos Stevens um, is one that sticks in my mind. And, uh, um, but all of them are just like superintendents here in the lower 48. They're really dedicated to their craft. They want to get better. They want to do the best job they can and produce the best conditions uh, that they can uh, for their, for their playing customers. And I, and I will remember that trip and a lot of the guys up there and, uh, um, thoughts and uh, thoughts to all of them in the in wake of the uh, the earthquakes they had up there. Checked in with a lot of those guys after that happened, and, and fortunately, um, everyone's great. Uh, some minor structural damage, things of that nature that they're dealing with, but a super memorable trip uh, for me up there. So, um, running out of time here, Howard. I want to I want to kind of fast forward here. Um, that we could talk about a ton of other things. We could talk about. GCSA taking control of the first green program in 2018. That, that was super memorable uh, for me. There are just a lot of other um, National Golf Day. Um, uh, the announcement that uh, 2021 Golf Industry Show will be uh, in Las Vegas as opposed to San Antonio. So all these news stories happened um, in, in 2018. Don't want to gloss over those, but I did at least want to mention those. But I just I'll, I'll kind of leave you with a last thought. Um, looking ahead to 2019. Um, a year from now, you and I are sitting in front of these microphones doing the same thing. Uh, uh, any any thoughts on on what we'll likely be talking about when we do that? Well, you know, a couple of things that stand out they're on the schedule. You know, you got some places on they're going to host majors this year with the U.S. Open. It's going to be back to Pebble Beach, and and that's always something to look forward to. I mean, it's Pebble Beach, yeah, so that's right. <laughs> and Beth Page. For the uh, for the U.S. Open, I mean that's it was the last major I think I covered when I used to work at the newspaper in Kansas City, and so I have some fond memories of there and Tiger finishing up in the dark, and you know just right. great venues and and tracks, and you know there's a couple things that you know I look forward to, and it's getting out to meet more members. That's that's something that I've always strived to do and to learn more about what they do, and I think I'm even going to climb in a uh, bunker or two myself when Kansas City at Blue Hills. 
Country Club, Woody Moriarty, the superintendent there, is going to be hosting a web.com tour event. So hopefully I'll be back in the office at some point after that and let, in case I get lost on the course That's somewhere. That's right. So. <laughs> well, unless you find a new career as a, as a, a budding superintendent. Yeah, so. don't keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> well, you're, yeah, you bring up a good point. Obviously, there's some really significant schedule changes to some of the bigger uh, professional events that I think we'll be paying attention to. Um, the Players' Championship moving to March. Uh, and that PGA at Beth Page moving to May. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of general interest among among golf fans in those in those tournament venues. But from our perspective in golf course management, I think there's some really interesting stories to tell about how people are preparing for events in different times of the year. Uh, when Beth Page was awarded this PGA Championship, the that event was still targeted for August. So Andrew Wilson and his crew probably started to do some plannings based on that. And then they had the the schedule change. And so they probably changed things up. And I know having uh, spoken with Jeff Plotz uh, uh, earlier this year, uh, as they prepare for the move of the players um, into March, there's a a whole lot of different uh, agronomic uh, issues going to come up there, most notably the fact that they'll be playing on uh, uh, overseeded plane surfaces um, in in March. So uh, a lot to a lot to talk about there. I know that it, from the magazine's perspective, we'll talk about uh, labor, which has just become, I think, topic number one among superintendents. If you ask them what challenges they're they're facing right now, if they had to narrow it down uh, just to one, uh, and putting Mother Nature aside because she's always obviously going to play her role, but uh, labor would be number one. We've got some excited things planned um, in the magazine on, on the GCM website, GCMonline.com, uh, where we're going to kind of dive into that issue and and hopefully provide. Provide some uh, some some success stories, um, some uh, tips and tools that folks can use to hopefully help uh, navigate that. We'll always keep an eye on water. We'll keep an eye on government uh, regulations. All that coming up, but. Um, Wrapping up one exciting year, and we've got another one on tap. So uh, I've kept you long enough, Howard. I need you to get back to work now. Of course. Uh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So thank you very much for taking some time to chat. Uh, always appreciate it. And I know we'll have you on the podcast again here real soon. Thanks for having me, Scott. I appreciate All right. it. Thank you. Well, my thanks once again to Mr. Howard Richmond, uh, GCM Associate Editor, for having that great chat about the year in review 2018. Hope you guys enjoyed that. We will have uh, Howard on again real soon as he, uh, uh, much like me, is out and about quite a lot interacting with GCSA members, getting in the field. So great stories to tell. And uh, um, we'll uh, have him back on the podcast here real soon. So I want to thank uh, Howard for joining us. I want to thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever it is you get this podcast. really helps us uh, spread the word and uh, um, let others know about uh, the work that we're doing here on the podcast. This episode of the GCSA podcast, once again, brought to you by the 2018 Compensation and Benefits Report. It is open now um, for GCSA members who receive that email. We encourage you to go on there, help us fill that out. That uh, does um, uh, provide us with a lot of great information that we use in a lot of different ways. And it also uh, allows our members, especially the ones that take advantage of participating in the survey, to use that information in a lot of different ways to help them and their careers. The deadline for that is January the 28th. So please take advantage of that. If you uh, need more information, please go over to gcsa.org slash compensation slash report. You'll get all the details there. You can also reference the email you received from us. Once again, deadline January 28th. Please take part in the 2018 
Compensation and Benefits Report. So once again, for my guest today, Howard Richmond, for everyone here at GCSAA, for GCSA's National Board of Directors, I want to thank you for listening. And once again, subscribe, rate, and review the GCSA podcast. really does help us, and I look forward to uh, uh, talking to you again here uh, next month. Thanks for listening, and have a good one.